Hello there, and welcome to the Hello. Outside Film Podcast, where we talk film, TV, games, and all that jazz like there's no tomorrow. My name is Tom, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, John. How are you doing yeah. today? Yes, it's me! It's me! It's, it's you, yeah. as always. Yes, me. Wow, yeah. and, and what a day it is. John. On the, on yeah. the day we're recording this, uh, so this is the day literally before it airs, it's been a mad day of weather. Snowing in yeah. April. Snowing in April. What, what has the world come to? I, I don't know. Like... Um, we, we were just talking uh, about the weather today, and it said that some parts uh, of the country are not affected by the by the snow. Oh so, wow! It's yeah, just so us. Like we're Leeds, going to die. It least is just like super, it's super sunny, just like really sunny. Scotland, it's fine. London, just chilling. We're just like against <laughs> snow. So uh, yeah, it's just been crazy uh, day for weather. So it, it truly uh, is a sign of the recording. apocalypse. Yeah. It truly is a sign of the apocalypse, as they say. Don't know who uh, says that, but they do. They say it. It's true. It's true. Yes, yes, it is. So this week we're going to be talking in our main segment about restoring the Snyderverse. Uh, obviously, Justice League dropped a couple of weeks ago. I can't believe it's been like three weeks. Um, but yeah, and so we're going to be talking about uh, everything that could come along with that, as, as along, along with the uh, Falcon and Wind Soldier episode four and, you know, news and stuff. There are time codes. So if you want to, you know, jump about. Um, but yeah, let's, let's get straight to it, shall we? We have yeah. another, I think this is the third, maybe fourth Black Widow trailer. You know, Black Widow is now going to be coming many... out. Okay, um, that's a bit too ridiculous i mean yeah this is like we've had loads of trailers for this film it was originally supposed to come out last may and then like i think october or something and now like this may and now it's now it's july so yeah what did you what 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 do you think i mean it's it's a pretty cool uh compilation of all the clips of black widow i mean nothing too special but it's just like Hey, it's me, guys! Don't forget about me. I died in Endgame. Sorry, spoilers. Spoilers. I, I, I'm just. I have my own movie, solo movie, and don't you forget it. We forgot about it last May. I yeah, <laughs> honestly, I don't like. Obviously, like in terms of the MCU content at the moment, I think Falcon the Winter Soldier is going really great, as we will talk about a bit later yeah, on. It's really, really good. Really yeah. Good. But, Which, but like we will be talking about yeah, yeah we will we will be wow what a what a segue um but i think black widow i'm just i just this is i just have no interest in it honestly it yeah. looks really like bland to me yeah it's just like um a forgotten relic in a deleted timeline hey um that was a reference from terminator genesis anyway well, I, um, I, like, I, like I don't that. know why i made that reference that's but... that's such a strange film to reference but i mean i respect Sorry. it i respect I, it i had to come I had to use like some sort of um, um, example, but I totally made it worse. But uh, well, hopefully, Black Widow will be better than Terminator Genesis. Yeah. But saying so, that, most films are better than Terminator Genesis. Yeah, yeah. I just, John, why did you make that reference? We, we'll, we'll, we'll never know. Um, we'll never yeah. Know. So again, I'm not too excited for this film. I just feel like Marvel is just like, hey, remember this film? yeah well i mean like as you said there's some like flashback stuff in this trailer and there's some stuff of like young natasha so i mean sure it looks uh, yeah it's definitely going to happen we'll be talking about it on the podcast of course we're gonna happen hopefully it's good but i I mean hopefully it's Uh, good but i don't really have many kind of 
expectations yeah. at this point. Uh, I just feel like this is going to be like a maybe a generic superhero film again with mm. Marvel because it's just not breaking the formula. It's, I think it's just dissecting the characters way too flashed and you know we've already seen this character like in a bunch of films mm. and uh yeah i i'm not too excited so yeah i'm, I'm uh, not sure where they'll go but hopefully they go somewhere good now speaking of uh, marvel going in different directions there was also a trailer for loki so in this trailer there was like so much going on stuff about the timekeepers you know there was there was stuff about um there was images of like a destroyed new york with the avengers tower um the asgard throne and um, as we know certain elements such as kang the conqueror will be introduced in this show and um, oh, there really? are yeah, um, yeah, he was cast ages ago. Um, Jonathan Majors is playing. Wait, him. I, I, uh, I'm so sorry. Um, to to interrupt. Uh, I right. thought that casting for um for, for, for Kang was supposed to be in Ant Man: Quantumania. Yeah, 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 it's both apparently. Oh, both. Um, right. Yeah, so that that's quite interesting. I can't remember what I was looking at that said that, but. But yeah, um, so I yeah, so I'm pretty sure that's both of them. I might be wrong on that. Um, yeah. And there's also like rumors that this is going to introduce different multiverse Loki's. Oh, oh, so oh, I, yeah. I, someone was talking about it and, and likened it to kind of like the Council of Ricks in Rick and Morty. So like loads of different people playing uh, Loki uh, uh, throughout the multiverse. So there's a whole lot going on in this trailer. So what do you think of this one? Um, yeah, I think it just looks. Um really really different and unique to me because it's just like like different multiverses and like different like time um keeping and you know like experimenting like with different characters because like loki he wasn't that well I, he's a really good villain in the marvel but i just in the marvel cinematic universe but i feel like we just don't see him more of that but i feel like this is going to be really interesting because this is a very um like very different Loki because he's just like got defeated by the Avengers and he just got the test of right already. So this is going to be interesting of how he's going to see things differently, even though he just, just got um, kidnapped by the timekeepers. And the interesting thing about the multiverse is like going through seeing like the, um, as you said about um, New York being destroyed um, and seeing things in a different way so i'm thinking of like maybe they could take stuff from the comics like because they can do that easily in the in in the show of loki so in loki um like maybe they could possibly do uh, secret empire but who knows well yeah the there's an opportunity here to go in those different directions i i can't agree with you more i i, I totally agree that there's you know, there's an opportunity to do with different things with Loki here. I have, oh my god, what a... Oh my god, ah, my what a What a ping. I got a text, John, I'm so popular. Um, ah, but, well, um... I I'm so sorry, um, I don't think they're going to do a Secret Empire, but that would be cool, but... Yeah, no, it would be cool. I, I think, I think, yeah, I, I personally got really bored of Loki, seeing him pop up in all the films, you know, he, oh, was, yeah, he, he yeah. would have the same kind of arc to my eyes, but I think, especially having seen what they've done with WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier, I have so much faith that they will make this so much, like, more, make him a much more compelling character again, you know, because I thought that he was great, especially in his first couple of appearances, 
Um, I think there's an opportunity to do loads of really, really cool stuff. And yeah, I totally agree with you that there's an opportunity here to do some interesting multiverse stuff. Recently, um, I've read um, like the first half of the Mighty Thor run. Uh, so this is obviously what Thor 4 will be loosely based off. But in the early um, uh, run of this comic, um, Loki does encounter many different versions of himself. So there's like a the classic Loki, like a child Loki, a female Loki, like the frost giant Loki. There's loads of different like avenues they could take it. And there are different casting rumours as to who could play these different kind of uh, iterations of the character too. Mm, yeah, and especially that we saw a lady, uh, well, a female version of Loki in the trailer, like, a split second, I think, yeah. Oh, really? Okay, I didn't notice that, but yeah. So that you didn't be... notice that? No. Oh, well, that would yeah. be good. I I'm not sure this is confirmed, but there's rumours that Richard E. Grant, who you will know from Logan, Doctor Who, uh, Rise yeah. of Skywalker, yeah. he, he is he is going to be in the, in, in the show as another Loki. I don't know if that's rumours or confirmed, but that I think that would be great. That's really good casting. Uh, um, another thing I was thinking... Um... Owen something. I forgot his name. He goes, wow. Owen wow. Wilson. Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. Oh my god. I I didn't know how. I just got that. Like wow. Wow. Because, because he does that so perfectly well. Wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. he's he's um he's he's in the, the uh, one of the timekeepers. Yeah. So this is going to be um really interesting to see because um I do, he's not very well. He, he, he doesn't really look into Marvel that much because I heard that he got like all the information to you know like to keep up with what's going on in Marvel. Mm -hmm. So Tom Hiddleston said that he just taught him what's going on in Marvel. So that's going to be interesting of how Aaron Wilson, you know, expect you know how to fit in into that Marvel, um, you know, the um the the, the thing is going to do, and you know. Bringing in old act, uh, new actors to you know into a Marvel. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, yeah. Well, I, I yeah. think I think at this point they've you know so many actors are involved in it. It's always good to see you know new talent. Uh, you know who who you are like. Oh well, how have they not had Owen Wilson in it yet? And it's gonna yeah. be yeah. yeah hopefully, yeah, it's so cool to see. It'd be to see those two characters uh, to. Um, to see that chemistry, you know, I mean, so, yeah, yeah, and they've worked they've worked together before in a film, and and Tom Hiddleston, I don't know, kind of famously has a, a pretty good um, Owen Wilson impression. So I hope that he he uh, he does that impression. I think that'd be quite funny. Oh, right, okay, yeah. Um, I, I didn't know they were in the film together. Uh, 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 what film? Yeah, I can't remember the I can't remember the name of the film. Um, but yeah, they are in a film together because I remember hearing Tom Hiddleston talk about it on uh, Graham Norton uh, a while back. So yeah, um, right. Yeah, um, I find that film. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, in other news, um, so pretty much since the last Star Trek film, there has been kind of uh, different reports about a new film, um, but now uh, the next Star Trek film has been given a date of 9th of June, 2023, um, and it's it's unclear at this point whether it will be, because originally they were going to do a Star Trek 4 with Chris Hemsworth coming back to kind of interact with, like, the crew, um, but this, you know, it's unclear whether this is happening right now, um, so yeah, so it do, but it does seem like a new Star Trek film is on the way, so what do you think about that? 
10 new Star Trek films, like, with, with the same company, you know? Like, well, that's, the, the... that's unclear at this point, so it could oh, be, unclear, like, right, it could right, be right. a whole new thing, or maybe a sequel to Beyond. Uh, well, I'm hoping that it's going to be a new thing, because I really, really liked the, you know, the, um, the ending, you know, they closed with, yes. with uh, back in 2016 or 2017, I think, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I really like that closing because it's just a really, really good trilogy to watch. Um, so, yeah. Um, and, yeah, I'm just hoping... It will, the thing is, if they do, like, a fourth one, that's going to be a bit weird because, you know, like, with the um, actors... Um, uh, an actor who passed away... Yes. Um, who played... Who, um, I forgot his Chekhov. name. Chekhov. Yeah, Chekhov, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to be a bit weird of like continuing that. So, but hopefully, if it's going to be a new one and it's going to be with Chris Hemsworth, I think that's going to be uh, really cool. But um, and you know, I don't think there's like there is a lot of Star Trek films, isn't there? Yeah, like, I, I, there's there's thirteen as it stands. Thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah. Um. So it's. I agree with you. I I love Star Trek Beyond. Oh, I, Star Trek. Like, yeah, that's, I, I think it ends, like, they play Beastie Boys. Or... Yeah, that's such a good scene. I, I, I think that is such a good ending to that trilogy. I agree that it it would be a little bit difficult to bring it back. You know, Anton Yelchin has yeah. passed away. That you know, Chekhov can't be there anymore. Um, but I, I, I think that Star Trek, like if you look at the TV shows at the moment, you've got Discovery, you've got Picard, you've got um, Lower Decks, you've got new things coming, and, and Star Trek all throughout its history has done different things with different characters and I think you know leave I'd totally be cool with leaving this kind of um this new kind of series there and trying something different I've watched the first four I think I think I've watched the first four Star Trek films original ones oh right was was Ratha Khan oh Ratha Khan's great yeah Ratha Khan's really good um Uh, definitely lives up to the uh to the reputation, but yeah, I, I hope that I yeah, I just hope that they continue. They, they go somewhere different. I'm not like I feel. I feel fulfilled with this new series. I think they did it really well. I thought Star Trek Beyond was just awesome. Probably my favorite one of the trilogy. Um, yeah. So like, I, I hope that they leave it on a high note and not risk making a fourth film because those films yeah. they're not like huge at the box office either. So it, that's why it kind of takes so long for a sequel to be decided on. So yeah, I don't want so, them to take a gamble. Uh, yeah, so I'm just hoping it isn't too weird with it. So because it's got to have that magic, you know. We know Definitely. what I mean watching these Star Trek because it's about these characters that you see, um, like that legendary actor who played Spock. I forgot his name. Um, um, oh, Leonard Leonard Nimoy. Yeah, he played so well as Spock. So. Yeah. Definitely. And and they really used him well. Like, the fact that yeah. he was in those films and then, like, the actor died. So they they really used that, like, in to their advantage a lot, I think. Yeah, so I really like that. And the films are used to... It's like, it's, it's to serve, like, a prequel, you know what I mean, to, to mm. the film. It's, it's really clever because it's a prequel while also being a sequel and a time travel thing... And I think it's really smart the way they did it. Yeah, and not too confusing, so no. I give props to that. So. Well, they were they, they were the first Star Trek films I watched, and I got it immediately, like, as a kid. So, like, you know, I, I feel like 
I'm I'm ready for whatever they throw at me next. Yeah. So yeah. yeah so hopefully, again, don't take it take it too weird, but don't make a sequel. Make it original, and um, you know, have fun with it. You know. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so our final piece of news is uh, some casting news, actually. Um, so Indiana Jones Five. Um, which is currently slated for June 2022, has just cast Phoebe Waller-Bridge, uh, uh, who is in, you know, Fleabag and Solo and has written uh, many things. Um, so they just cast her and announced that John Williams is returning to score the film um, with James Mangold to, pr- uh, to direct. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be going into production soon. Um so yeah, well, what do you think about this? And I guess like the whole kind of he's gone, he died. So John, what do you think about this and the whole kind of prospect of a new in the air Jones film? Let's see if I can get him back. All right, sorry, he's, he's um, dead. My... He's back. Right, I don't know why my phone decided to ring someone. Why? <laughs> oh, oh, Neil. Well, um, I was just saying, um, what do you think about the idea of Indiana Jones 5 in general? Um, okay, I'm a bit too skeptical, but, uh, skeptical, a bit doubtful to it. Because, yes. You know, um, I feel like the fourth Indiana Jones film, I think it's just, uh, just, again, you know, ended on a, a really good, a perfect note. And I really like that film, so... Uh, yeah, but making Indiana Jones five. I mean, sure. I, I, I'm not too sure about again because about making sequels and if the film of uh, quadruple films they have like a perfect ending to it and um, and not to make a sequel, but making Indiana Jones five is going to be pretty interesting. But um, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm not too sure, so... Yeah, um, obviously the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is a fairly controversial one, um, but I, I agree, I, I, I quite like it, and I do think it has a really good ending. Um, but saying that, it's not Steven Spielberg this time, it's James Mangold, and I think that... You know, having seen Logan especially, I really think that James Mangold can bring something special to it, you know. I mean, I agree what you're saying right there. Mm. But it's going to be a bit hard, you know, a new director like James Mangold, who, who is very, very talented. I mean, Logan uh, and Wolverine and uh, what other films? I'm, um, so Le Mans 66. Le Mans? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was him, that, I'm pretty so, sure. Yeah, I think you... I, I I think he can do it, but I'm a bit, you know, worried about if it's going to break that, you know, mm. a bit of a curse between, like, making movie sequels. I mean, I, d- I don't want to remind myself about the Alien films. Right, exactly. You don't want these kind of beloved franchises to kind of go down the, the drain yeah, and, like some of them have. And as well as Terminator films, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, shall we talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode four? Really, that was the news. That was the news. Yeah, not much this week. Um, any news from me? No, no news. Um, you're pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, let's talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Let's do it. Uh, now, this week's episode was very, very, very good. 
I really like this one. Um, uh, but um, it was pretty interesting to see the other side of um, um, of the new Captain America, that the darker side, and you know, and see you know having that um, idea of um, him turning evil. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was pretty interesting to see, but. Like, what the heck? Yeah, this this <laughs> show just continues. It just continues to be so good at everything. I, I think, you know, immediately, as you just said, John Walker is such an interesting character. He is yeah. so layered. You have this... What I appreciate him the most about... It would have been so easy, just so incredibly easy for them to just make him just an asshole the whole time. But yeah. right from the start, well, I mean, not right from the start, but, you know, from the beginning of episode, I guess episode one makes him seem like he will be, like, a proper douchebag. But then, like, as soon as you get into him in episode two, you find out, no, 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 he's, you know, he's scared about taking up this mantle. He doesn't feel like he's worthy. He's, you know, um, he's constantly doubting himself. And you get that throughout all this episode, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I really enjoyed, there's a conversation that he has with Lamar Hoskins um, about um him not feeling like he deserves the medals that he has and about the fact that he feels like you know stuff that he did in Afghanistan you know doesn't make him worthy of 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 all the praise that he's get- getting he has this whole feeling of inferiority you know he he can't he, he's struggling to deal with the with the flag smashes when you know a villain Zemo is having so much more um, success with it. That the thing that I love about the character so much is that he just continuously doubts himself, and, and and you know that manifests itself in such interesting ways. In this episode, being him thinking that he wants the super soldier serum, you know he wonders, should I take it? You know, am I good enough without it? And at the end, you see that it can really, as as you kind of get from. Captain America and the Red Skull originally, it can bring out the best and worst in people. As you just said, it manifests itself in a really dangerous way at the end of this episode, um, yeah. which obviously yeah. left many people, you see on like Twitter and stuff, many people who have watched the episode really did like that scene because, you know, of how how far it went. Like, I wouldn't have expected that kind of level from the MCU. It yeah. was really brutal. It was really brutal. I mean, um, and I just really like this because it's just you now um, it's creating a whole new because this is new for the MCU. I think um, because of having a really really dark character and like having uh, you know having doubt. Um, that, you know, he's like very doubtful to himself, and and you understood this. You really clearly understood 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 ah understand this character very well and I really like that and um, and and it doesn't and it breaks the formula so I really, really like that um, and you know seeing uh, like the, the the two parallels between John Walker's Captain America and then Steve Rogers Captain America because you know you can see um, that Ron is very very um, well, one is good, and then one is very doubtful. You know what I mean? Like, he's very... Um, he's trying to prove himself even more, even though 
uh, Steve Roger did, he just proved himself straight away, even though he just jumped on that grenade, like, back in in the first uh, Avenger film. So, you know, you can see that parallel between them. And I like that because, you yeah. know, it doesn't... Yeah, there are yeah. parallels. I think it's very interesting at the end of the episode, the way that he kills this Flag Smasher with this particular move where he slams the shield down on his head repeatedly um, is similar to the end of Civil War where Cap uses the same move on Iron Man and it's very specific. Iron Man like covers his face and Cap smashes his arc reactor instead. He doesn't kill him. You know, he smashes his helmet off and then he... he disarms him, basically, by smashing the arc reactor. And I think it's interesting, the parallel, that John Walker doesn't stop, even when it's killing this guy in cold blood. And I think it's very intelligent of the show to to emphasise the relationship between John and Lamar. Lamar is very much, you know, the kind of... His, his kind of anchor to the reality, to the ground, to be like, listen, you are... You know, he kind of brings him up and he helps him out. You see in the episode, he's kind of... He, he's there being like, you know... He trusts his decision to take the... Uh, take the um, super soldier serum. And then losing him, you know, I feel like... You see you see through J- John Walker that... That, like, losing this, like, friend figure like, in such a, like, cold-blooded way, like, getting, like, kicked in the chest or punched, I can't remember which one it was, but still it's really brutal, and and the way that he just dies so suddenly, I feel like it gives, you know, I, I, I can, I can, in some strange way, I can understand John's decision, you know, why he got so angry, um, and I can, and I can really see in this ne- next episode, I, I imagine he will have some sort of internal, or I hope he'll have some sort of conflict about that, because, you know, yeah. it's, exa- it's everything that... He proves himself to be everything that him and, you know, Lamar fight against. You know, as soon as he loses Lamar, he loses his kind of anchor to reality and what's right, and he goes kind of full force, which he was kind of prevented from doing in the other episodes by Lamar. So it's interesting to see whether John will become this full antagonistic force or whether he will now see his error of his ways and give up the shield... The one thing that I'm really, really frustrated about is that the trailer for Falcon the Winter Soldier showed Sam with the shield. And that, like, it shows him, like, throwing a shield into the into a training with it, throwing it into trees and such. All the way back in the original trailer, like, last May or whenever it was. I just can't believe they showed that. It, it makes me really, it makes you really sad, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, and, uh... Yeah, it just makes you think about um, you know, about heroes having, like, the, taking up the mantelpiece, and, you know, it takes, like, real, real courage to, uh, you know, like, you can see that with John Walker, he's just having a lot of doubt, and he's like, trying to prove himself even more, and, and it's just pretty interesting, and, and very sad as well, so, um... I agree. It's not just what, you know, I think they also continue, as much as John Walker's a really interesting character, I think they continue doing really interesting things with Falcon and Winter Soldier themselves. You know, I think one of the really good scenes in this episode was the opening scene, where, where Bucky is set free by Io in um, Wakanda, where he gets the chance where she says the words to him and he finally, it's a, it's an incredible scene where he cries and, and, you know, she tells him that he's free finally. You know, you get this kind of interesting, you know, racial parallel where, you know, 
the white man is freed by the black woman, you know, in Africa as well. It, it, it's 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 kind of poetic in that in that sense. Yeah, how that's the place where he's freed, especially since you know, it, you know, in the context of when that would have happened, he would have been at odds with T'Challa in Civil War quite recently. I think it's I think that's really really nice, and and I like seeing him, you know, still like. Because it felt like in the films, he went from Civil War to Infinity War, like, with barely any kind of, um... Character development. Yeah, it felt like he just kind of went, like, he just got over it off screen. And I'm glad that they're showing it. It might be too, it might be, you know, done preemptively, um, after the fact, you know, but at least they're doing it, and I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um... Um, I just really love the performance from Sebastian Stan. That's a great... He did that so well for that opening scene like you can feel like like the, the the emotions like i don't know how he did it but he just like you know you can see that he's angry sad and like at the end he's happy and it's just it's, i just want to say this performance is just great yeah one, he he, re- he was really tortured in that scene and i really appreciated that um yeah I will say, you know, as a kind of a shortcoming of, of, of this episode, I feel like the show kind of struggles with Sharon Carter at times. It yeah, feels like they Sharon use... Carter was a bit left out. Yeah, it feels like they're using her as a means to an end. They're using her, like, for a couple of scenes as an informant, but nothing really beyond that. And I hope that she kind of has a more prominent role going forward. And same for Zemo. He can challenge the characters, and he asks them, like, questions... But, he, he, you know, sometimes he, he feels like he's just kind of there for a little bit of comic relief without such an, act, such an active role. Um, but I'm sure that will change. You know, we got I, a longer cut of him dancing. We I did mean, get a longer cut of him dancing, and I appreciate that. That was amazing. I mean, appreciate that, because it, and here's the fun thing. If you put any song like him, or like your favourite song or something, it just goes along perfectly well. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it does. Yeah, that was, yeah. I mean, that was definitely the highlight of the week, seeing that beautiful video of Zemo dancing. Uh, yeah, um, it's such a beautiful video, and it's just really fun. But then then again, with Zemo, I, I agree that he's there for comic relief, but I really wish that he was, you know, very more serious, because you can see that in Civil War, he was just deadly serious about, like, um, ripping the uh, Avengers team apart and breaking that. But then now he's just, like, living this life, like, as uh, as as barons uh, as barons so yeah I, I like i like each version of zemo in different ways but i do prefer the more serious kind of threatening tone that he had in civil war but i do feel like now that he's kind of escaped and now that he might be moving into more of an antagonistic role i like that he has more uh, i like to think that he will have more to do um but it's not that he didn't have anything to do i really enjoyed how he you know, how he smashed the super soldier serum. There was the moment where I was kind of thinking to myself, oh, maybe he's going to take the serum for himself, but he doesn't. And I enjoy that he sticks to his morals on that. Um, and that he, you know, he's constantly kind of playing the game. I guess we won't fully know the breadth of what he's doing until we see his final, like, plan come to fruition. Because he's kind of, you know, he's playing the game. He's, he's, he's seeing everything as a 4D game of chess and he's playing, you know... He's playing all the pieces is what I'm imagining he is because it feels like he's very much that kind of... He was that kind of character in, in Civil War, playing all the, all the pieces in that way, and I, and I, I, I hope that he is still. Um, but, you know, I, I also think that the other antagonist, Carly, they're doing really well with her. You know, yeah. the scene where her and Sam have that conversation, I thought, was really well done. You can really see that Sam kind of 
understands her point of view. It's it very much gave me a kind of T'Challa and like a Killmonger kind of thing where, you know, Sam understands Carly's kind of point of view, but at the same time, he understands the limits of it and that it's wrong. Um, and I, and I think it's perfect that that was Sam in that conversation because you know he can understand it better than someone like Bucky can. Um, you know, being a black man in America and, and, and understanding, you know, the distrust in, in government and, and corporation that he has. I just think they're using that really well. And although I preferred some of the, the polit uh, political content in episode one and two, I think that if you, you know, as a kind of second act couple of episodes that are like the second act of the story, I think they haven't lost what I loved about it. It's kind of become a bit more plot based and character based in these last two episodes. But I think that it's, it's still the story's still working. It's still moving, and every they haven't lost what I loved in the other episodes. Yeah, and I, I just feel like this is a very fresh new um, TV. You know, what I mean, yeah. You know, uh, honestly, yeah. I hope that the other like Hawkeye and Loki, you know, Miss Marvel. I hope that the upcoming shows have the same quality of this, as opposed to something like Captain, uh, uh, not Captain Marvel, uh, WandaVision, which did feel like set up for Captain Marvel two and other other things. So I, I hope that you know they kind of do more stuff like this, and I hope that the positive reception to something like this, um, you know, kind of spurs them on in the future. But yeah, and it's just like this. This is just a very a perfect example of how Marvel can do this in a very different way, like like experimenting with like uh, these characters that are not properly used, but then used in the TV show, and you know, see those characters collide and um, like discover um, more world problems in the in the snap and the, and the blimp. So, uh, blimp. The blimp. <laughs> They're all stuck in a blimp. <laughs> They're all stuck in the Hindenburg. Blimp. I'm so sorry. <laughs> they got they got no ticket. If you understand so the anyway, reference, yeah, this is a great TV show to discover more of of the MCU's problems and and to resolve. And you know, like this is just like a very well thought TV show. Oh, another thing that um, I was thinking about uh, a character, you know, from episode one, he was fighting the Flag Smashers, the the big guy. He was fighting in Switzerland. Yeah. Is he is he going to come back? Who are you on about? Because uh, I was thinking, oh, is he going to be used for later? The, because I, you mean he, Sam's friend who was helping him in that episode? Yeah, in Switzerland, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what happened to him. I don't... Yeah. I, I feel like he's forgotten. Now. No, I feel I think I remember Sam asking for intel from him in this episode, the last episode. He went on the phone with him. I I seem to remember. Oh, oh yeah, for Mama Danya, I Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. He was asking information on her. Oh yeah, um, I, I so don't know why I thought about him. Yeah, so he's still there, but he's not um, fully as as in it as he was. But I think that's fine. I don't think he had anything, like, a lot to say. It's like, I'm not that bothered that Batroc the Leaper, he was in one scene, or one sequence oh. in episode one, but I'm not that bothered that he wasn't, like, a huge part of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, oh, yeah, another thing about that you said about um, a character that could be returning and make you cry... Will that be in episode five? I think. It, yes. It, it, so, so that is that is that's going to be this week. Um, uh, but apparently, it's going to be a new character. 
Um, so I was speculating it could be someone in Wakanda. I, you know, wildly I thought maybe it's T'Challa, but it seems not to be the case. Um, so... I, I thought, well, what I thought it said was like, well, the character was going to be, um, uh, like a character that's going to be Kakrai, uh, cry and next week, uh, this week, this could be like a new character that we haven't seen before, but I don't think those dot dots are not connected, but I feel like we're just going to see two, two different characters and I think that's it. So Yeah, I, I think there's potential that, you know, it could be the power broker because they, they have yet to be revealed in that kind of capacity, but I don't know. Um, but I'm really excited to see where the show goes in the next two weeks. Is Mephisto in the, this episode? Oh, it's, it's Doctor Strange. Uh, oh my god, what about uh, Sharon Carter being Loki? Oh my god, that makes so much sense because oh because because, yeah. she, because because Loki has long hair and she has long hair too. Oh, oh my god. No, no, bro, 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 what? Oh my god! <laughs> Who's Dossie? One division. What? Do you know the woman? Uh, oh yeah, right. Okay. So I've yeah. I've basically purged One Division from my mind. I remember like five scenes from that show, the good scenes. <laughs> I, um, well, it's a curse for me because I can remember like mostly what happened in the show because you know sometimes i just get guest movies straight away from the scene or i haven't seen before it's a curse i'll tell you i don't know how and then sometimes I... you forget things completely thank you <laughs> i can't i i can't remember to forget you that is poetic man poetry john he's back um so let's move on to our main segment shall we oh before we say uh, uh, i'm excited for more barking over the soldier stuff because you know it's it's really good so far. Same so here. I, I, it, it's great. I hope that it continues to be great. Otherwise, drop the ball. I will cry. Don't drop the ball, guys. I sw- don't drop the ball. No, no, don't drop the ball. Don't do oh, it. Don't drop the ball. Don't drop the ball. What's if it's gonna drop the ball? That would no. 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 <laughs> They'll have Mephisto come in in the last ten seconds of the episode oh and wink God. at the camera. Like in episode oh. one. Wow, it, it all comes back full circle. 10 out of 10, best thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, but, 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 but imagine there was like an editor all along, like, no guys, it wasn't Kali Morgadow, it was me! It was, it was, um, it was, you know the old guy from episode one? Yes. It was him all along. Boom. Boom. Full circle. Um, I don't know why my parents are laughing. Why, your parents are laughing? I, I don't know, um, Maybe no, I, I think I've just been reading too many graphic novels this week, but... Um, <laughs> I don't even know you're on about. I can't hear anything. Uh, uh, <laughs> anyway, and on to the main segment of this week episode. Give me a drum roll. Uh, the... Wait, who's drum rolling? Is it me or you? Snyder. Re- restore the Snyderverse. Yeah. Woo. So yeah. obviously, like... Oh, three... oh no. We didn't, I think, we didn't well, give a spoiler warning. Spoiler, spoilers. Spoilers? For no, no, what? we didn't get a spoiler warning for Falcon and Winter Soldier. Don't worry, it's in the description. Oh, oof, oof. It will say, it will say, just, don't, don't you worry, I've got all bases covered. Um, oh. But yeah, um, so, right. Restore the Snyder, so the Snyder Cut came out about three weeks ago. and Two, Three weeks ago, jeez, it feels like. It feels like yesterday, honestly. Um, 
And people are already calling for restoring the Snyderverse. So for those of you who don't know, the Restore the Snyderverse movement consists of a proposal of restoring specifically five elements. So this will be restoring David Ayer's original cut of Suicide Squad, making a Batfleck TV show with Joe Manganiello's Deathstroke and Jared Leto's Joker, uh, a Man of Steel 2, and Justice League's Part 2 and 3, uh, which will continue this story set up by Zack Snyder's Justice League. This has been a hashtag you know, that, that came out in the days you know, that well, was already established before Snyder Cup came out, but you know, it's become kind of a bigger thing and got quite a lot of tweets um, a couple of days after Snyder Cut dropped. So, so yeah, so we're going to talk about like the possibilities for all this. Um, so we'll just, we'll, let's, which, what do you want to start with? Um, I f- okay, so as a massive Deathstroke fan, I feel like I want to oh, get my shirt off first. He, he loves, he loves Deathstroke, this man. Oh, let me tell you, I, I, um, I'm getting more graphic novels for Deathstroke. Because honestly, he should- honestly, he loves Deathstroke, but he hasn't watched Arrow. You're missing out, man. Deathstroke's amazing okay, in Arrow. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, um, that's right. That's right. It's I, fine. It's I'm good. a moose, okay? You're, I, you're a big moose, but I mean, you know, it's fine. We're all mooses on the inside. Um, but... But I just okay. I just really like the comic and the one in the in the DCEU. So mm. uh, okay, so this Deathstroke TV show. I want to see your thoughts thoughts first. Oh well, well, first of all, I want to say it's it's not a Deathstroke TV show. It's a Batman TV show with Deathstroke in it. Okay, that's that's even better. That's the uh, ofi- that's the uh, official pitch. Although there was a hashtag to make a Deathstroke TV show. So that's a separate thing. I think that'll also be quite cool. Um, yeah, that's definitely. Yeah, I saw that. Um, there was going to be a Deathstroke TV show. Yeah, yeah. there was. For, it was going to be R-rated. So Yeah. So now, the thing is, for, for me, about... I love Batfleck. He's awesome, you know. Watch our, our video on Batman v Superman. You'll know that we both love Batfleck. Um, and I, I think if they were to make a Batfleck TV show, I would be so down. That would be great. Make a limited series, you know, give, get Ben Affleck back. I'd love to see loads of people, uh, you know. Um, I, I, but I think... I would want it set before Batman v Superman. I would really like to see the story of Robin's death. I want to see how Batman goes from becoming the Batman we know from most of the comics, from most of the other films, to where he is in Batman v Superman. You know, as we know, Joker kills Robin, burns down Wayne Manor, and Batman, in an act of vengeance, smashes Joker's teeth in and throws a batarang in his eye. That kind of, these things that we found out, like, since um, the films have come out from Snyder and and other people, I think that's really interesting, and I'd like to see that kind of transition. I'd like to see Batman snap. I think that would be really interesting. Um, And also, you know, it would kind of help give some clarity to, I guess, the people who who don't understand Batman's character, uh, or they just don't like Batman's character, should I say, in Batman v Superman. I think that'd be really interesting. I really do. And I think... You know, it doesn't all have to be about death of the family. I'd love to see, you know, Batman and Deathstroke. I want to see why Deathstroke doesn't like Batman and in in Justice League, an eye for an eye kind of thing. You know, and um, Snyder has talked about he wanted to have Carla Cugino um, play Catwoman. I'd like to see Ben Affleck's Batman interact with Catwoman. I think there are loads of unique possibilities for a potential Batman show. Uh, what, what do you think? I'm, I'm so sorry for the noise that you heard. I'm I'm hearing a little bit, but don't worry about it. It's fine. Um, I'm just gonna shut the door. <laughs> okay. Oh no, the door just decided to shut itself. Um, uh, 
I'm Doctor Strange. Ooh. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> right. So, Deathstroke, Batman TV show. This is really cool. So, um, Tom, have you read Batman? Uh, Batman. This is Deathstroke. I have. Yes. You you know I've read. You know I've read it. You got it me for my birthday a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, for your birthday two years ago. So, wow. Um, yeah. So. This comic, um, you read it before me. I did. So, yes. So I read it and I found it again in some uh, Waterstone, uh, Waterstone book, uh, book, bookstore in Leeds. So I don't know why I just decided to go into specific detail. But anyway, um, uh, so I, when I read the comic, I was like, wow, this this is really good. Um, it's just, just shows like potential of like a really, really... Um, you know, like two Goliaths uh, fighting each other, and for like something, you know, like two different ideas. Like Deathstroke is fighting for um, for honor, while Batman is fighting for you know to put um, his villains or enemies in fear. You know, fear is the one thing that Batman always wants to put in enemies and to show off like um, his. Um, you know, trying to surface purpose and, you know, uh, carry on the Wayne's legacy. Um, so with this TV show, it's going to be, um, you know, really interesting to see those, the dynamic between Batman and Deathstroke. Um, and, and, you know, I feel like that Deathstroke isn't, you know, really explored much in the, like in live television, even though you've seen a TV show, sorry, in, Arrow, you've seen that in Arrow, um, but you know, fighting someone who is an iconic character, and you wouldn't able to see that, but you, you, we've seen that in um, in the famous game um, Batman: Arkham Origins, and now that is just a fight. But um, I was just um, sad that we don't see more of this fight throughout like some um in uh more of tv shows or maybe in more video games even though arkham knight just put us that road to um to sadness even though we thought we we're gonna get a fight from him in it. anyway <laughs> um um yeah so it, it's gonna be really interesting and what you said about pointing him in that uh, point this uh, tv show before Wait, did you say before um, Batman knocks um, or smashes yes. um, Joker's teeth? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that fits really well. But even though I thought about, like, wait, what if, um, you know, like when Lex Luthor said, can you take out Bruce Wayne? Can you can you, can you, can you kill um, Bruce Wayne or something like that? So uh, I thought, well, that would be really interesting because I've heard in an interview where... Um, the character said, uh, what the actor said, I, I can't put down his name, so, um, Joe Manganiello. Yeah, so, he, um, he said that it was going to be like a horror, so, yeah, he, uh, uh, he said that the, the proposed Deathstroke film was going to be directed by the same guys who did the raid, and it would have been like, you know, like a low budget kind of like brutal kind of thing. That sounds really cool. I like the idea of, you know, Batman and Deathstroke coming toe to toe in such a 
Because I guess, you know, if you do a limited series, there are two ways to do it. You can either go, like, a big story with, like, Death of the Family with Joker that climaxes in Robin's death, or you could do a, sto a story with that kind of tells the background for Deathstroke and Batman's, like, rivalry. And while I'd like to see both of them, honestly, if they were going to do a Batman, a, a Batfleck show... I would rather see Joker and Death of the Family. You know, I think, let's say they did restore the Snyderverse. So let's say we got all of these things. We'd get to see a lot of, like, Deathstroke and Batman, it seems, in the Nightmare timeline. And, you know, with Deathstroke going to get revenge on Batman in whatever way you set it up in the, in the Snyder Cut. So I think that if they did that, I think I would be satisfied. But I would still want to see Joker um, and Robin... Um, I want to see that story play out more than I do want to see a Deathstroke story, um, personally. Yeah, I, I, I agree as well. Like, um, I, even though, yeah, I'm putting that in the past, or maybe, like, straight after when... Um, no, that would be a really good opening, you know, like, when... Um, that opening, like, Batman smashing Joker's tooth out, and then you can really see the anger in the TV show uh, that Batfleck is, like, um, you know... Yeah, I feel fight. like... See that brutal fight, you know, like, he straight after just knocked out uh, Joker's teeth, so mm. that would be you know, really, like, that strong motivation, so, yeah, you, I think that would be... I, I feel like it could be a, a blend between Nightfall and Dark Knight Returns. So, in Dark Knight Returns, you know, Batman, Bruce slowly, like, you know, gets back to becoming Batman, and he kind of realises that he has to kind of step in once again. And then in dark, and then in Nightfall, Bruce slowly gets more and more tired until, you know, as as villains kind of beat him down, and he becomes more pressured by his life as Batman before Bane delivers the killing blow and famously breaks his back. Um, I feel like you could do something in between that, where slowly over the course of the show, Batman becomes more and more dark. He becomes he comes to see more and more of the worst of Gotham. He 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 sees. He sees the worst of, of humanity and he becomes more cynical. He sees how many good guys are left. He sees what promises are worth. He sees exactly what he says in Batman v Superman. And then the final straw is Robin's death, which sends him into this kill rage, um, you know, from Batman v Superman. Yeah, I, I think that would be really uh, fitting for that time era, you know, that motivation in BBS because a lot of people are saying, "Oh, Batman doesn't kill. He doesn't. He doesn't kill." <laughs> um, but anyway, um, you know, that'd be really, really. That's a really good idea to have the Batfleck. Sorry, oh. sorry. I got another. I got another text. I'm so popular. I'm really sorry. You are so popular. Mr. popular. I've got so many friends, John. I don't know what to do. Okay, okay, calm down, calm down. Just get your Diet Coke and just chill. Okay. Oh, do you have Diet Coke right now? No. Okay, I was going to say, because I want Diet Coke, and you know, it made me jealous. Uh, okay, uh, I, I don't have Diet Coke right now. Good. I, I don't have it. Well, that's good, because that's a good segue. It's really not, but um, let's talk about... Should we talk about Suicide Squad next? David A. Uh, Suicide Squad. Oh, before, Squad. So, sorry, I want to really end on that note. Um, All right, yeah, so go on. Please make a Batfleck show. I'm, I'm really, uh, with Death Show, please, I'm desperate. Do it, I, yeah. I, 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 I genuinely think... Content, please. I genuinely uh, think, out of all of these, a Batfleck show is probably the one thing I want to see the most, even more than another Justice League film. I would love to see a, a Batfleck show. That'd be so good, you know. With Death. Um, yeah, with Deathstroke, of course. Um, uh, yeah. With, with, 
Um, so right, onto the Suicide Squad. Right. Yeah. So the that- background towards this one is interesting. If you've watched the first trailer for Suicide Squad back in 2016, you'll know. You know, the film had a. <laughs> No. Is it you okay, John? I don't, I'm sorry. I don't want to remind you. I'm sorry. I know it's painful. It was uh, the, I the original Suicide Squad was gonna were. be. It looks like it was gonna be something special. You know, David Ayer has talked it about was. it was. It was gonna be slower. It was gonna be more methodical. And then you know the second. Tra- you know, it was a mix between the the Batman v Superman reception not being the best, and then the second trailer. So they hired. So you know they 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 you know had reshoots and rewrites. They hired the same company who did the trailer. To make to edit together the film, and it all it, it created just a, a dreadful film. And and don't you worry, fans of of the pod, we are going to be talking about Suicide Squad later down the line before the Suicide Squad comes out. I'm very excited about that one. Um, but yeah, so the but you know David Ayer has confirmed that his cut of Suicide Squad does exist. It was going to have Steppenwolf. Well, it might have had Steppenwolf in it. It would have, but it would have. It would have been more connected to Justice League with the mother boxes and stuff. Uh, you know, it would have explored the characters more. You know, it would have got, there would have been a lot more Joker that was cut out. So I know there are a lot of fans of Jared Leto's Joker. You know, and there's a lot more of him that would have been redeemed. You know, you know, like there are so many different characters who would have got different kind of arcs. Um, and, 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 you know, Harley's, specifically Harley Quinn's story was a lot more about kind of escaping the toxic relationship with the Joker instead of, like, wanting to go back to it. Um, so, yeah, what do, you, what do you think about this one? Um, yeah, David A. Cut. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm supporting for it. Yeah, just, I want to see it. Because, you know, what you said about, like, um, it's well more connected to, um, to Justice League um, and, you know, seeing more of the characters, even though the, the, the film, I don't want to remind myself about the film, oh god, um, it, more character development, yes, more characters, Harley Quinn and Will Smith as uh, Deadshot and, and correct, uh, correct. Climbing Man, what was the Climbing Man guy? Um, climbing Slipknot, man. the man who can climb anything. God. Now, tell me, tell me if... Tell me if I'm wrong here. Um, you haven't seen Suicide Squad, right? Uh, no. Ah, okay. So you haven't seen the original. So thank God, because it's bad. <laughs> but, I, I know the bad stuff about it. I've seen clips. Right, Even but not. So you haven't. Climbing so, man. So you haven't been graced with the glory of Suicide Squad. Um, so I have to say, you know. I really don't think that there's any, like, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know, like, unlike the other things, you wouldn't be adding a whole lot to the story by making a Suicide Squad and A's cut by releasing it. I'm so sorry, I've got, I got another text. I'm so my popular. God, <laughs> I'm so popular today. Um, but yeah, I feel like you wouldn't really get lots from um, releasing... You know, in terms of the plot, in terms of the overarching Snyder narrative, you know, releasing Suicide Squad wouldn't do a whole lot for the narrative. But I think in the sense of having David Ayer realise his vision, I think there's loads you could do. You know, I've seen the, the theatrical cut of Suicide Squad. I've seen the extended cut of Suicide Squad. 
both films are bad, but the season... That's the extended cut, man. Right, it's 15 minutes more. It's not like Batman v Superman. It's not a whole different film. It's it, it's just a little bit more. But the scenes they add are good, and it really makes me want to see this the air cut. You know, there's more of Joker and Harley in this, like, really bad relationship, which I feel like... I feel like they romanticise relationship too much in the actual film. It's not as abusive as it should be. I, I can't believe I'm saying that I want it to be more abusive, but it, it, it should be more abusive. And, you know, it, it shouldn't be presented as such a nice thing between the characters because they're both psychopaths. Um, and yeah, and there's more bonding between the team and just little moments that I think, you know, I, I think an air cut would really make some of these characters shine uh, in a way they didn't originally. But, you know, yeah. Uh, anything else to add about the air cut? Uh, I mean, sure, just need more stuff, you know, to make the film a lot sure. more better. We just need hand. more yeah. stuff. It's true. Um, yeah, go for it. Let's See go. But more excited for... Oh, okay, I gotta stop. I'll yeah. this. We know you love Deathstroke, John. It's, it's true. Um, right, so let's talk about Man of Steel 2, shall we? Yeah, Man of Steel 2. Let's yeah! Okay, so Man of Steel 2. Um, so, yeah, so a lot of people were very excited for Man of Steel 2, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so this is going to be really interesting, um, but I'm not too sure uh, about a sequel. I don't know, because standalone with... Uh, I, I, it's, a, it's a really good you know, film to uh, have, like... Um, Man of, Steel, Man of Steel 2 to know, you know, like, I, I'm not saying it properly. Um, Man of Steel being a standalone film is great because, you know, it really, really shines um, of what Superman, Superman is like. And, um, but having a sequel, that's going to be tough because you got to think, like, think all of the, of the characters. But this is, is, is this Snyder? Uh, is he, if, if the Man of Steel 2 is going to, be directed by Snyder, or is it going to be someone else? I think the idea is, if they did restore Snyderverse, Zack would be the creative... He would be he would be behind the story at the very least. I don't know if oh. it would be someone else. I guess that would be up for them to decide. Um, I think the thing about Man of Steel 2, and the reason why it's the one that I could... You know, if they were to restore the Snyderverse, and they were like, what's the one that you would like to see the least... It would be Man of Steel 2. And I think that's because we've seen Man of Steel 2. Batman v Superman is Man of Steel 2. Superman's exactly. whole plot in that film is the fallout of Man of Steel. It's all responding to that. And it like all the political stuff and all the, you know, like religious aspects of it and the way that the world reacts is what Man of Steel 2 should be. Sure, there's no Brainiac, there's no, you know, um, I mean, I guess Doomsday is there, but, you know, there's loads of Bizarro, there's loads of Superman villains who people want to see, but, you know, you go from General Zod to Luther to Doomsday, you know, they do that really, really well. I don't think, I don't think, well, I mean, they do it really well for me and for a lot of other fans. I don't think we need a Man of Steel 2, honestly, and I think, you know, developing Superman's arc now through Justice League two, 1, 2, and 3 is good enough. You know, I feel like if he was at the core of of, Man, of Justice League 2 and 3, that's all I need. I don't need, I don't need Man of Steel 2 because I don't know what it, I don't know what it would have to say that we haven't already said, you know? Like, there is a, you know, an argument where Superman has to struggle with being back alive, but according to 
leaks about what Justice League 2 would have been, that would have been the kind of story that film would have told. Yeah, um, so I think there's, it, it's going to be a bit pointless of having a man's deal too, because how are you going to branch out even more with the character? So, yeah, again, it's going to be a bit pointless, to be honest. So Definitely. Definitely. So. Yeah. So let's let's talk about you know the big the big one the well I guess the big two I guess Justice League two and three you know the the ending of the Snyder trilogy you know the nightmare scenes you know the nightmare world should I say the dark side invasion you know the death of Wonder Woman Aquaman you know evil Superman the whole shebang basically what it was all building up to since Batman v Superman. I mean, what do you, what, like, there's just so, like, obviously there have been loads of, um, leaks about what this plot could be, you know, Superman, uh, Batman and Lois having a, a relationship, Su- Bat- the new Batman being Superman and Lois's child, um, you know, the, 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 the league dealing with, um, like, another league of supervillains. What do you think about Justice League 2 and 3? What do you, what, what would you hope from it? Uh, okay, yeah, um definitely excited for it because um you know the post no not the the the, the ending uh of justice league this the snyder cut just really opens up you know for uh for um for justice league two and three so uh it's going to be really really interesting to see and you know you know if they um do like a baffling t- uh, bat flick uh, TV show with Deathstroke, you know, it's going to be set really well for uh, Justice League 2 because we could understand why uh, Deathstroke might may be joining um, Batman for for a reason. So I'm pretty um, um, excited for that and, you know, to explore more of like Darkseid because, you know, we saw Darkseid um, at the end brooding and having that very, very... Um, famous pose that he did in the comics so uh so i'm really really interested to see um a sequel um so yeah so um yeah um uh, what else is more uh seeing more of like um like superman ex- um having that uh, interaction with the league more um you know seeing more of like the realistic elements of like the team together um yeah, so I think that's really, really, really good, and it's going to be directed by Zack Snyder, right? Well, uh, I mean, yeah, that, that it was. like like all of this, that would be the idea. You, you're totally right. I think you know, Darkseid has such a presence in the short amount of time he got in the Snyder Cut. It would be great to see him, you know, properly get his chance to shine and be up there with you know with the likes of other superhero villains, like you know, um, on screen superhero villains like you know, the Joker and, and Thanos and, 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 um, Magneto and stuff. I think, I think there's an opportunity to do that. And, um, you know, I, things that aren't going to happen, like Cyborg would, it would be great. I mean, obviously there's so much going on with Ray Fisher and Warner Brothers at the moment that if they did do this, we can only hope that Ray Fisher would come back to do Cyborg. But I think so many people agree that Cyborg was one of, if not the best parts of the Snyder Cut. And, you know, to be able to see him kind of continue his journey as a as a hero, and I, I think loads of things. You know, there's just loads of things 
to explore through that, you know. I think I read somewhere that the, the, the trilogy would have ended with Batman's death. I think that's a wonderful idea, having, having you know, Batman's arc from Batman v Superman, and I, even in the Batfleck show, if it happened, would be a story of how he... How he, how he broke his own rules, he became the very thing he swore to destroy, but then he brought himself back up and he made that sacrifice play in a similar way to Iron Man, but hopefully better because it's Batman. <laughs> um, uh, you know, yeah. I think there's so many avenues to explore. And I think at the end of the day, whether or not they do the Batfuck show, whether or not they do Man of Steel 2, whether, whether or not they do Suicide Squad, the main thing that I would want to see, you know, like... As much as I want to see a Batfleck show so much, seeing a Justice League sequel, it has all these elements. You want to see more Joker, Justice League 2 and 3 will have more Joker. You want to see more Henry Cavill Superman, it will have it. More Cyborg, more Darkseid, more Batfleck. More of everything that, you know, fans of this, of, of, of these series of films really like and what they come for, um, you know, there'll be more of that. And I think that's the main thing. And, and a chance to, to let this story kind of complete itself. You know, you can no longer, you know, people will finally be able to look at films like Batman v Superman with the correct hindsight and be like, well, you know, they did this because they wanted to set up this and this. And, and, and you know, I, I think the Snyder Cut was all about restoring the vision. And I think, you know, restoring the Snyderverse is a whole different thing. You got to, it's a whole different can of worms. But at the end of the day, the opportunity to, to realize that full vision, you know, and making another strand of the multiverse, you know, is a really good idea and, and, and really cool. I, I just hope that um, it doesn't, it doesn't just go, oh, you know, I just, yeah, I, I, just, I, I, just, I just hope that it doesn't like, it doesn't decide to, to meander, you know, in a similar way to like, I don't want them to do Justice League 2 not be connected at all. I want Justice League 2 to be dark side and Justice League 3 to be dark side. Don't yeah. waste time. Just get to it. There were there were in the in the leaks about Justice League 2, it was there was something about the league fighting natural disasters. And that sounds just not as interesting to me. I feel like you should get that story done. Tell it as you want to. So many people want to see the nightmare sequence, want to see Dark Side in all of his glory. You know, I just hope that they can, you know, do it well. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, just get straight to where Dark Side. Dark Side is more interesting. Uh, yeah. So please, we start the side of us. Do um, it. Or should I say, do it? Oh no! When you hear Marta, do it. Do it. Do it. Yeah. So um, what else? Um, what do I want to say more about this? Uh, I, I think that's it for me. Okay. Well, well, that's it from me too. I'd love to see it. Um, but, you know, I don't... I hope so, but I don't know how likely it is at this point. Yeah. So I think that's it from me uh, with the Snyder. So, yeah. yeah. Great. Let's So let's, let's move on to weekly viewing, shall we? Yes. Weekly viewing. Yay. Yee, <laughs> do you want to start off? Yeah. Uh, what have you watched? Um, okay, so I've watched Django Unchained uh, this week. Nice. Yes, Django. Django! Uh, that, that, um, that song I just can't get off, you know, that opening sequence. Um, yeah. Just, just singing. Django! 
Django. I, I don't know how it goes. Um, I think that's it. That's it. So, um, yeah, Django. Um, this this one's a very, um, you know, controversial, you know, um, what Tarantino did. Um, I don't know how to phrase it, but can you phrase it, Adam, uh, Tom? Well, what, what are you trying to say? Yeah, like what Tarantino did, you know, like, yeah, you know, we had that discussion about, um, you know, Django, right? Why is it controversial? I, I, there, I, I there, don't really yeah, know. Yeah, there is a bit of controversy surrounding the film. I think it's the way that he approached it. Um, he kind of, you know, uh, especially with, you know, other um, directors, particularly Spike Lee, there's a controversy um, because, you know, Tarantino argues that, you know, like, he he changed the way that people were looking at slavery and he made it, you know, he made it topical again is what he was saying. Yeah. And whereas, yeah I... whereas Spike Lee argues that, you know, that what happened with slavery, what happened to black people wasn't a Sergio Leone Western. It was a Holocaust. It was a massacre. And so I think there's a, there's a part of this film that has to be taken, you know, with a lot of um, kind of... Uh, What's the word? You just got to be mindful of that, I, I guess, when talking about this, because I think, I think there is a bit of um, egotism in in what Tarantino's saying. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't think that he's revolutionising how we talk about s- slavery. I think that you know, you have to be aware that you know these things. Yeah, this isn't yeah, what happened. That's in exactly it. how I want to phrase it. I, I'm not too ha- sure how to phrase yeah. it. I don't want to, you know, trigger a lot of um, people. Yeah, so, I get what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, so, okay, so, okay, so my opinion of the film. The film is great. Um, uh, like, again, what, you know, like, seeing the egotism of, like, um, Tarantino. I mean, it shows us, like, a really good storytelling of, like, the characters that you see with, like, uh, Dr. Salt, Dr. Schultz, um, yeah. and uh, with Django. And I really like that cameo um, with, the, with the character who played as Django in... Um, in the um the old ones, you know what I mean? Like Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the original serials. I like that one. Uh you know the DiCaprio's performance is just um you know, it's so weird to see him like as a really vile character. Mm. Uh, yeah. And oh and Samuel Jackson as well. Um Steam is it, uh, like uh, this character, what's his name? I can't um, remember. But Samuel L. Jackson, he's you know, he's got a reputation of working. He works with Tarantino a lot. He's in most of his films. Yeah, most of a lot of his films. Especially, like, the voiceover in, in Inglorious, which is also a great film. Um, yeah, so... Uh, there's a... Uh, the music choice. I don't know how um, Tarantino did this, but the music choice is just brilliant um, in this. I like. I mean, like, the, the mix with, like... He mixed with hip-hop... And with old country songs in this film, it, I don't know how he did it, but it's just great. Um, and it's just like, you know, going back to, um, you know, what... It, it goes like the character of Django, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I really liked it. Um, I don't know how to rate it, really, because it is a great film. Um, I, I really like the performance from Christoph Waltz. Uh, as um, as um, of the, as those Dutch results, uh, 
I'm not saying it right. Doctor Schultz. Doctor Schultz. It's like, uh, it's like that um, scene from um, what's it by the time? It's like it's Schwartz. So, um, you know, talking to Al Pacino. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I I give it an eight or nine out of ten. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've only seen it once, and I kind of watched all the Tarantino films, like, one after another. So, I do remember it being one of one of the, the better ones. But, you know, I, I understand what you're saying. It's, di- it's, it's a difficult film to kind of rate, because there's so much controversy behind it, and so much kind of, um, you know, there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot to say that, you know, you kind of need to fully look into um, to kind of understand... And, and make a kind of fair judgment on it. Because I, I think, you know, Tarantino's talking about how he's redefining history and that's not kind of... That's a little bit insensitive of him. But then again, he can be kind of insensitive in that way. There's obviously a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of controversy about him using the N-word in his, in his films as well. So, what yeah, can do? Especially that scene in Pulp Fiction. Oof. Yeah, man. Like it feels like sometimes it feels like he just writes characters and then he wants to play the characters just so he can rattle off the n word like a hundred times in a scene. Like it's it's a bit ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, oh, and there was like an interview about like the violence. There was, so so it, it's just funny to see him like this. He's just uh, so the interviewer just goes, "Can, can you can you uh, can you turn down the violence, please? <laughs> uh, well, well, why do you like?" And then. And then Terrence just goes, it's so much fun, Jen! It's so <laughs> fun! Yeah, I've seen it. Tarantino is, he's it's almost, he, he's hes pretty much a caricature of himself at this point. He's yeah. literally the, he's, he's, he's just hilariously ridiculous. I And he makes great films, but also a bit, con- uh, very controversial. So. Definitely. Yeah, I, I don't know how, but he's it, it's just, you know. Yeah, so you're um, so you're obviously watching the old Tarantino film. So what have you got left yeah, now? So I can understand more of his styles. Yeah, and I really liked. Um, I don't know why, but I really, really loved uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think it's just um, it's just the perfect summer film to watch. Hmm. I need, um, yeah, I need to watch it again. I'll watch them all again at some point. But how many? Yeah. How many have you got left now? Yeah. Okay. Sorry for talking. Too no, much no, how, no. How many? No, how many Tarantino films have you got left to um, watch? I've okay, so I've watched Once Upon a Time, Inglorious, Pulp Fiction, um, wait, 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 Once Upon a Time, Django, Once Upon a Time, Pulp Fiction, uh, wait, wait, Inglorious, Pulp Fiction, uh, okay, I've Reservoir Dogs, Reservoir Dogs, yes, Reservoir Dogs, yes, <laughs> X, I think, yes, yeah. okay, so you've still got like Hateful Eight. Death Proof, Jackie Brown, Kill Bill. Yes. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. So yeah. I've seen like five. I think I've seen four. Uh, four or five. Good. Good yeah. stuff. Um, right. Okay. What have you been watching this week? Well, I have watched... Well, I mean, I've been watching this over a few months, but I, I finished it, re-watching it with my girlfriend um, recently. Um, the Inbetweeners. Now... Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Now, now the in-between is one of these things that, <clears throat> excuse me, it's one of the things that I watch pretty much yearly because, to me, in-between is one of the best shows ever made. People who've watched it will understand. It's a pinnacle of, of British comedy, and it, it, it's just one of these things that is so aware of the experience of, and obviously I will, un, 
I, I have so much to relate to, you know, having had a high school and college experience, you know, being a white 17, 17 18 year old guy, you know, there's a lot to relate to in this, in, in the experiences that, that these characters have. And it's told in such a, it's not just, not just in such a funny way, but in such a, uh, an aware way, you know, all the characters look and feel like people you would know. And, and, and there's a real, you can feel that kind of camaraderie that they have. And not just they bounce off each other really well, and not just is it like really dirty, which is exactly how like you know friends act um, around each other. Um, it, it it's a show that has a lot of heart, you know. And <clears throat> I feel like people who haven't seen it will just know like some of like the jokes, um, you know, particularly you know like when uh, when it was remade in America they kind of did a lot they kind of aped a lot of the jokes and they did it like and they changed it to make to make him a bit like american and they kind of lost the heart in it i think there is a lot of heart about the value and the persistence of friendship um among literally the biggest kind of like mess like mess ups you can have in your life um i think every time i watch it i'm just reminded of 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 the you know the best parts of education, and I've hated education, man. It's the worst. Uh, but, education. But, in high but, school, it was kind of pointless, but it was like giving you a track to what you want to go. But honestly, I could, I could go on about all the things, I, all, all the all the absolute shite that happened to me in education that I hated. But watching the show, it really gives it gives me that perspective where it's like, you know what? There have been good things to come out of it. These life shaping experiences that might have been horrible and embarrassing, and and sometimes really fun. But you know they do shape you and, and they make you a better person. And, 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 and it's also one of those shows where, you know, there's only six episodes per season. There are only 20 minutes each and there's only three seasons, but every season is perfect. You know, a apart from personal preference, there is no season that's better than any other, you know, quality wise. It all builds on, the on itself, like in a perfect way, you know, and, and it's, like there there's a loose strand of connectivity you know ongoing jokes but it is an anthology you can dip in and out which is great you know whenever like you need kind of that pickup you can watch at any points and it it's very much like just it, it stands alongside shows like the mighty boosh and spaced as just some of the best british comedies the office things that comment on life have loads of fun with it and are timeless with their casts and characters and all the things they create. And every time I watch it, I just want to tell everyone, you know, recommend it to everyone. People in the UK, it's on all four. Yes, the adverts are really annoying, but god damn it, it's worth it. It's an incredible show. And I have to recommend it. Like, without a shadow of a doubt, it is an immediate 10 out of 10. Just on all levels, it is absolute perfection. And, you know... Like, yes, there are things that haven't aged too well about it. It isn't, it isn't extremely diverse in any, in any sense. It doesn't comment on, on any, you know, like, experiences of women or, you know, non-white people. But at the end of the day, I think everyone can find something from it. And I haven't met a single person who doesn't like it. I think especially people who live in the UK will really find um, a lot to, to relate to in it. And it, it, it's great. So, yeah. Definitely go watch it if you haven't already. 10 out of 10. Absolutely I, love it. Um, I haven't watched it. You need to watch it, honestly. It's on, all, it's on all four, you know, 
So, like, you'll have to get through a couple of ads to watch each episode, but they're really, really good. You know, once you've once you've watched the Clone Wars, definitely go and watch it. Like, it's it, it's it's you so good. Too much to watch. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh my god. Honestly, I know, and I, I have to I have to apologize, but like, yeah. Once you've done with the Clone Wars and stuff, then like, yeah, you should watch it. And I might get I might get. Um, there's no Blu-ray, unfortunately. So maybe when a Blu-ray comes out, I'll let you borrow it because it's it's just just incredible. It it's 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 a, it's a classic. It really is. Um, but they did a reunion like two years ago, and the reunion was the most awkward thing you'll ever watch ever. It was it was it was like oh it was it was dreadful. Like even the people involved with it like apologized for how forced it was. It was it was pretty embarrassing. Oh jeez. Oh, yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. Uh, extremely wow. awkward. Okay. So yeah. So what else have you watched this week? Uh, so. Okay, so if you remember back in September last year, we talked about New Mutants, and uh, no I talked about the graphic novel, the uh, uh, Batman Last Night Earth. Yes. So I reread it the exact. I swear to, I swear, I thought you were going to say that you watched New Mutants then. I oh, genuinely whoa, whoa, whoa. thought that you'd have watched New Mutants, and I got very excited. Uh, no. So, I read <laughs> it this week, and my god, it's it's so good. Um, without a doubt, it might be my top three favourite graphic novel. Woo! That is a bold claim, sir. Yeah, that is a bold claim. Um, but, what I reread, it is so different, because... With like Scott Snyder and Greg Apollo, those two master at work, they just it's just so, so good. Like with um, with everything into this comic is just like really good. If you like read their work uh, or um, like Endgame, Call of Owls, um, the New Peter Two one, and, and Dark Dark Knight Metal. So you know, seeing those. It's great, but this, um, I, I thinking, oh, okay, so it it might be connected to the new Peter Two, but, um, their goal was to like to have it like standalone, not to be connected to their new Peter Two because it would meet a bit awkward to the story because the story is great, but, um, you know, like there's some moments that you think, oh, why is Batman doing this? Oh, why is Batman doing that? Because if you like trying to connect the dots between this graphic novel and the new BT2 one is going to be a bit weird. But if you see it as standalone, it is ah, so good. Like, it's, it's just like, a, it's like um, an Elseworld, it's like a really good Elseworld comic. Um, even though it's just like seeing like um, of how this world just got into this dark place and uh and seeing how these heroes fall and uh and seeing batman you know deciding to trust and um to, to grow um yeah what am i what am i hearing is that my voice really what i i, I don't know why i heard my voice in that i don't know sorry it might, it might uh, be the relay yeah um, oh, um, side note, I, it might be a good time to say, very, very, very soon the, the audio on, on the pods are going to get better. 
I promise. Oh, right, okay. um, I'm, I'm going to get a micro microphone very soon and we'll be able to do it on Discord. So we'll, it will be able to sound somewhat good um, on your end, at least. Yes. So I got a better microphone. So Good stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, as I said, um, what was I going to say? Um, so Sorry, yeah, yeah, I totally interrupted you there. A lot of people like it, I love it, um, but some people don't because of the story uh, of like or this or this character, or it just ruins this part. Uh, but I disagree because it really makes you think about Batman on a deeper level and thinking about how it his um, his what well, his uh, thing just really impacts. The, the the DC universe so um yeah so I recommend it it's a ten out of ten from me it's a ten out of ten yeah so um yeah so that's it and also um I just ordered a graphic novel um yesterday and I just got it it's called Batman White Knight oh yeah yeah is that not also Scott Snyder no that is no Get it? Let me just get the um, thingy thingy. Uh, he's, on, he's on an adventure. He's getting something out. Uh, so it is by Sean Mur Murphy and Matt Hollingsworth. Cool. Yeah. And the art. Ooh. -hoo -hoo. The art Ooh. is just at the level. Uh, because Sean Murphy knows how to draw Batman. It's just <laughs> great. Um, yeah. Also, uh, uh, sorry, Greg Capullo as well. I, I tell uh, you what, I need to... Um... I need to borrow Last Night on Earth. Sorry? I need to borrow Last Night on Earth. Yes. Um, yeah, so I would recommend you, like, um, reading the graphic novel a lot later because it is, it's get better every time you read it. So, because it does take you by surprise, but then once you, like, really understood, understand about this world that Batman's in and how he coping with it and because you've never seen this Batman but you do, you do in in the new bit of two and so yeah so that's it from me because I've been talking, talking too much and um, yeah what have you been watching or reading well I thought that um, because you talked about Scott Snyder this might be uh, you know a good oh. little segue Ori orig <laughs> originally I was going to talk about Bugsy Malone by the way, Bugsy Malone's great. I rewatched this week. It's awesome. And I thought, also, I watched, I, we've already talked about it in the pod, so I didn't think I'd retrace, but I watched Logan as well. Logan's great. It still is great. It's awesome. Um, uh, but yeah, um, I read the first volume of American Vampire. Now, American Vampire is um, Scott Snyder graphic novel that isn't that isn't a DC or Marvel one. Um, it's co-written by um, Stephen King actually, and I'm, I'm gonna have to check. It is illustrated by Raphael Albuquerque, and is um, is so this first one is is split into two into two kind of stories um one set in 1925 and one set in 1880 and and the 1880 segment is is written by Stephen King and kind of tells the the origin story of the American vampire while the 1925 segment it 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 it, it 
it shows more about what he's been up to in the time since he got turned into a vampire. This criminal called uh, Skinner Sweet, and 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 him finding like um, a victim. Um, and the thing that now uh, Stephen King mentions this in the introduction, uh, in the foreword that he writes. The thing that's so cool about this graphic novel is that it doesn't show vampires, uh, it doesn't go like the Twilight route where vampires are like, you know, sexy and, 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 and mysterious. It doesn't go the kind of like classic kind of like um, vampire mystery. Like in this, vampires are just bloodthirsty monsters. And and, and it, it's, it's such a classic vampire story of seeing two people in two different time zones become vampires and kind of, you know, adjust to what it's like and have to, like, deal with this kind of new life for themselves. It's very similar to kind of like a superhero origin story. You get that kind of realising that they are different and and seeing how people around them um, react. But it's done in such a unique way. And the idea... Of I, I must say I, I much preferred the nineteen twenty five segments, um, just because I thought the characters a bit more compelling. I I, I really I did like the eighteen eighty stuff, but I, I I thought the idea of an established vampire um, who was turning someone new was more interesting to me. Um, but the, the the idea that this proposes of a vampire who has been there since the eighteen hundreds and sees you know throughout nineteen um, Throughout, from 1925, and I think there's about seven or eight volumes out currently, um, spent spanning from 1925 to 1976, I think is the latest one that's just about to come out. And, uh, you know, the idea that it's telling stories of vampires being there, like, the whole time watching over history, is just a really cool and creepy idea. And it's so good, as you said, Scott Snyder has done so well with Batman, and it's so good to see him, um, you know, just be reassured that he can kick ass in other genres, with other characters that aren't established. And obviously we both love Scott Snyder as an author, and it's just great to know that I didn't love him because it wasn't just because I love Batman and Batman stories. He also kicks ass in, in American Vampire, and I'm loving it, and I really want to read the rest. Um, you know, going into World War Two and the Cold War, there are just so many interesting ideas. Um, you know, I love stuff where they take the supernatural... Um, or fantastical elements and they bring it into the modern world you know even like superheroes being put into like real world scenarios um, and, and historical events it's all just really cool for me and and yeah you know I've been getting so much more into uh, non-classic superheroes like comics stuff like America Vampire and Descender you know I read 300 and, and stuff like that and, and, and it just there's such a great wide world of, of graphic novels out there and I love it so much it's all great yeah Wow. Okay, would you would you rate it so far with the volume one? I think I'll 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 rate it separately. So I think I'd give the the Stephen the Stephen King written storyline a seven, and the Scott Snyder written storyline an eight. And I think in general I'd give it an eight out of ten. It's a really good starting point, and I hope it only gets better from here. Yeah. It. Ah, oh, but like, uh, I don't know how I got into. Scott Snyder, but it's just um, you bought. Didn't you buy like Batman Volume Five? No, I did not. So let me tell you. So back in 2016, uh, I was wandering around in Costco, 
and uh, and there was a sale going on, and it was like a bunch of graphic novels, and uh, uh, there was a Marvel, so I was like, oh, okay, so, and then I just stumbled upon the Scott Snyder New 52 one. Now, I was allowed to get one, so, of course, I got the volu uh, volume one, so... I I was a bit skeptical because it, it it just looks a bit uh okay. But then once I read it I was just so so fascinated with like with the Court of Owls and Batman and I didn't really understand the character much because I thought he was just a uh just a silly character because I didn't really read in much uh, much into him. And it's just amazing that how Scott Snyder just like makes these characters so emotional and dark at the same time, and and I a lot of people saying that oh he's trying to be edgy, which I disagree because it is what Scott Snyder does, uh, and you can see that so uh, well in, in Endgame because Endgame is just like the highlight of the best Batman. Joker story that I could think of, um, yeah, it's just it's just great. Um, I really like reading the stories, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I agree, and it's also in that run is one of the only times that I, I'm not a fan of the Bat Family, but I think in that New Fifty Two run they use the Bat Family very intelligently, um, and I always like it when they. When writers don't just ignore the things they don't like, they incorporate it in a in an intelligent way. Yeah, and I, and you know, like sometimes with um, of people using the Bat Family as you know as leverage to Batman because you know I I don't like that because Batman himself is just powerful and uh, and he's just a very unstoppable hero and not a force to be reckoned with so um yeah but as i said he used the bat family intelligence smart in, in, in smart smart i can't speak today you can john you can never speak don't worry about it um yeah so i if you haven't read of these graphic novels that i'm speaking right now please do they're great um if you're not into graphic novels, that's fine. Um, you can watch uh, Comic Historian or um, mm. Comic Historian. Is that the same name? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of a lot of good like summary videos that are always yeah. quite yeah. good. But, but you know, if you if you're not into comics and, and and you're wondering where to start off, you know, I think Scott Snyder's Batman run. If you're interested, yeah. if you're interested in Batman, that's a pretty good jumping off point as a fairly modern one as well. Yeah. But this one is just a very modern take, and I really like it. So, New Beauty 2, New Beauty 2 1, Call of Owls, that's how I got into graphic novels. So, thank you, Scott Snyder. <laughs> um, Thanks, buddy. Yeah, that'd be it. Yeah, um, yeah so that's that's it from, for, for us for this week. Um, you know, next week, I am very, very proud to say that we are finally going to be doing Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah, baby! That is, if, that is if you can watch it, John. This all this all hinges on you here, buddy. Oh, don't worry, man. I can watch it. I can watch Good. It. We have been waiting for, for months to do Wonder Woman 1984. We've had a thumbnail ready for, for so long, 
and I'm very excited to talk about it. I've got so much to say. I hope I can remember it, but I probably can. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so get excited for that um, for next week. And obviously, we'll be talking about Falcon Wind Soldier episode five. As always, thank you very much for watching. You know, if you liked it and you want to see more, subscribe, hit the bell if you want to, you know, keep it, keep up what's happening. Or you can follow us on Twitter at, or on Instagram at Alstime Film Pod or email us for any thoughts. We'll read them out if we do get emails. As always, we don't get any emails, but we would love to have you know, some kind of contact with you guys. So email us at alstimefilmpod at gmail.com or you can contact us separately or just check us out on Twitter. I'm at Tom the Bourbon on Twitter. I am Comedy John Boy 2 on Twitter. And yeah, I don't have anything um, else to say. Uh, you have anything else to say? Please stay safe. Stay safe. Um, yes. It's a holiday, but um, do be safe because if you're famous, visiting someone in the back garden and social distancing, please do that social distance um and be safe um yeah so have a great break and uh and uh that's it uh from the out of time film podcast thank you for listening and and have a great week so yes yeah. please do it's a very special week for us um but yeah so um take what you're given ah get nothing back goodbye goodbye <laughs>